Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Your teen requested a ride, but this time not from you. It's through their Uber teen account. You drive your teenager around a lot to their friend Jacob's house, their other friend Jake's house, to James's, to Jaden's, to Jalen's, to... Uh, Mom, this is Jake's house, not Jacob's. Now with an Uber teen account, your teen can request a ride under your supervision. They'll ride with a highly rated driver, and with live trip tracking, you'll follow along the whole ride to their friends' houses that all sound the same. Add your teen to your Uber account today. See app for details. Bye, Mom. If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's made with only six simple ingredients. Plus, Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day hassle-free trial. There are lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zen. Find your Zen online or in a store near you at zen.com find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Sometimes y'all really impress me. We got some just terrific, interesting emails reacting to the overturning of Roe v. Wade on the Second Amendment, that sort of thing, in the last several days, and I want to share some of those uh, with you as soon as we get a chance. But first, been looking forward to this conversation. We're joined by author and columnist Gordon Chang, widely recognized authority on what's happening in China, Chinese-American relationships, and that sort of thing. Gordon's recent column caught my eye. China's economy is collapsing. Here's why you should worry. Gordon, welcome. How are you, sir? I'm fine, thank you. And thank you so much, Joe. Oh, it's it's my pleasure. So it's funny, uh, Jack and I, and Jack's off today, but we're we're both really into Chinese American relations, the rise of China, China's future, and that sort of thing. While, as Rush Limbaugh might have put it, the the drive by media just always repeats: China's the great rising economic power. China will soon eclipse us. They'll soon have the biggest economy on earth. And a lot of us are over here shouting, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! China has some serious problems going on." So glad to hear you writing about it. Tell us about the current state of China economically, and then we'll get to what it might mean down the road. Yeah, China right now has an economy which is perhaps zero growth, maybe negative. If there is any sort of positive growth at all, it's probably less than 1%. And and the reason is, of course, the COVID lockdowns, which still are plaguing the country, including still plaguing Beijing and Shanghai, where they're putting new neighborhoods into restrictive measures all the time. But there, there are more fundamental problems. The most fundamental problem is that Xi Jinping, the Chinese ruler, is moving back to a state-dominated economy. We know that doesn't work. Also, they've got too much debt. Um, and that debt problem is a, is a, something that they can't solve. But it's not just the economy. This is in the context of a country which really is in distress. Uh, tell, tell us more about that sort of distress. I mean, because the COVID will come and the COVID will go, but I, I know a lot of the problems are, are structural, if you will. 
Yes, the, the problems are structural, and the most structural problem of all is demography. China right now has a population of, let's say, 1.41 billion, which is the number from the most recent uh, reporting of the National Bureau of Statistics. Um, most people expect China by the end of the century will have a population of maybe 500 million, maybe 600 million if they're lucky. Um, so really, this is the biggest demographic fall in history of the absence of war or disease. No country has ever gone through that before. So we don't know how China will navigate it. But it, all of its other problems, um, and there are a lot of them, have to be seen in the context of a rapidly shrinking country. Well, and you couple that with Xi Jinping. And uh, when, you know, I can't remember when it was, but uh, Jack and I had long assumed that uh, Xi Jinping, uh, Stalin, a lot of the communist leaders just wanted the, the legitimacy, the promises of communism, but were really running kind of an old-fashioned dictatorship behind the scenes. They didn't believe their own rhetoric. But it, it seems, you know, that Xi Jinping actually believes in communism, that it will work, and that it's time to run in this unruly capitalist thing that's that's bought them everything they have. Yes, Um we never know, of course, what's in someone's mind, but it's clear that Xi Jinping reveres Mao Zedong. He's consistently felt that way over the course of decades. And we've seen his actions as ruler, which is to move away from the liberalization of the economy in China, which created all that growth during three and a half decades. Also, he believes in totalitarian social controls, and we're seeing the return of those so that China has really moved back to a society that is starting to resemble the 1950s only with high-speed railroads and buildings and, and skyscrapers. Um, but really what he's doing is he's taking the vitality out of China, and that ultimately is something that has occurred. It occurred in the first years of the People's Republic, of course, but it's also occurred during the imperial era from time to time where China's leaders closed up their country, and it's always resulted in disaster, Joe. And uh, in your piece, which folks can read at armstrongandgetty.com, link to the Daily Caller, um, it's uh, you mentioned uh, uh, there have been a handful of run on, runs on banks. There's a very, very fragile situation with the real estate market. So, I mean, if all of those birds come home to roost and, and China goes into a severe state of unrest or, or uh, recession, Obviously, that'll affect the world economy. Uh, do you want to talk about that just a little bit before we get into other geopolitical questions? Sure. Um, it will affect the global economy, but much less than we think. You know, everyone hmm. says China's an engine of global growth. And yes, China does have and has had growth. But the point is, China's growth has come at the expense of other countries because of their stealing of intellectual property and their predatory trade practices. So if China were, for instance, just to magically disappear off the face of the earth, it actually would be good for growth of other countries. Because to be an engine of global growth, you've got to buy the goods and services of other countries to create growth elsewhere. And the engine of global growth today, as it's been consistently since the end of World War II, is the United States, because we run these enormous trade deficits with others. We're creating growth around the world. The Chinese are taking away growth from other countries. Author and columnist uh, Gordon Chang is on the line. We're talking about China's economic fragility and what it might mean. And uh, then you you hit me with you hit us with a sentence, a couple of sentences that I thought were just terrific and I did not see coming in your piece. You ask why should we care? 
Well, for decades, the primary basis of legitimacy of the Communist Party has been the continual delivery of prosperity. Now, because of the accelerating downturn, the party's only remaining basis of legitimacy is nationalism. That was the twist that I did not see coming. What's that likely to look like? Well, Xi Jinping um, believes that the Communist Party has a right to rule. He knows that his primary basis of legitimacy is gone. He can no longer assure prosperity, which means that he's got to show a strong China. Now, a strong China means military misadventure abroad. It means, for instance, going after India, Japan, the Philippines, Taiwan, even us. We've seen some very hostile maneuvers by the Chinese Air Force and Navy over the last couple months. These guys are just sort of looking for a war. Um, you know, they may say they don't want it, but they're taking actions that can lead to it. And so, therefore, we've got to be prepared that uh, not as the Pentagon says that if war comes with China, it'll be next decade. We've got to be prepared for the here and now. So you think it's a, a Putin-like effort to provoke outsiders to attack China to rally the people to the party? It would probably be China attacking others in the first instance. We saw this in June 2020 with the sneak attack on India. We have seen this, of course, with these very provocative air maneuvers, um, not only with regard to Taiwan, but also last month, May 26th, they uh, almost tried to, uh, they almost brought down an Australian reconnaissance plane in international airspace. So this is really dangerous stuff that they're doing. And so, you know, the law of averages says that there's going to be a collision or there's going to be deaths. And that could lead to the spiral downward from which there is no recovery. If you were to advise the Joe Getty administration on dissuading the Chinese from from pushing too far and provoking the sort of conflict you're talking about, what would you suggest? Is there any dissuading them? I think that there is because they realize that we're a stronger country. Um, what they don't believe is that the United States has the political will to defend our friends and allies. And a matter of fact, Ukraine is a great demonstration of a failure of deterrence. We were far stronger. Our allies were far stronger than Russia. And, and yet we failed to stop the Russians from attacking. Uh, the Chinese look at that, and, and I think the way that we stop them from going after Taiwan or whatever is we make it clear that we will fight. And the way to do that is, for instance, to say to Taiwan, we will defend you. We'll give you a mutual defense treaty. We'll put our soldiers on the island as a tripwire. We'll pre-position um, military supplies. We will do those things that make it clear that we will fight. People will say that that's extraordinarily risky, and I say, yes, it is. But because of misguided policy over the course of decades, our policies, we've created a situation where every option is exceedingly dangerous. And the most dangerous option is to continue with policies that have put us into this predicament in the first place. Gordon Chang is an independent voice taking a look at China. We always are interested in his opinion. Uh, he's the author of The Coming Collapse of China. You can follow Gordon on Twitter at Gordon G. Chang. Uh, Gordon's always interesting to catch up. Thanks so much for the time. Well, thank you, Joe. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Uh, again, it's a little frustrating, and you don't need to be an authority. I don't claim to be an authority, but uh, you just hear the same cliches about China repeated over and over again, and and uh, it, it's a behemoth. I mean, obviously, the population, the economy, and the rest of it, but it is an enormous, complicated, troubled, aging country, and and not the 
you know, the the plucky young upstart that it's been portrayed as in the mainstream media for the longest time. They are, well, all international politics is an extension of domestic politics, as we try to uh, remind y'all from time to time. And countries often express their uh, their difficulties domestically by reaching out and poking somebody in the eye or, or you know, forming an alliance or, or writing a treaty or something like that. But, man, never forget, domestic politics are what drive international politics, and China matters these days. So you got to keep an eye on what's going on internally. So hope you enjoyed that. I did. Uh, coming up, some absolutely fabulous emails reacting to the uh, Supreme Court decisions. Uh, too good to waste. So uh, I'm not going to keep them to myself. I'm going to share them with you. We've got all sorts of stuff to talk about. I don't even remember. There's so much on the list. Um. Yeah. Um, there's one more I wanted to mention to you. Oh, yeah. I know this is silly, but evidently there are hidden spy cameras in your hotel rooms and rental homes. How to find them. We'll have that on this hour as well. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. So that's a couple of uh, recordings from the win of the Stanley Cup uh, Cup championship, Colorado Avalanche, and then the uh, Lightning players cursing as they skated off the ice. <clears throat> oh, well, eh, they're hockey players. What do you want out of them? They're mad. They're disappointed, as you would be, too. Coming up, a couple of absolutely brilliant emails on the Second Amendment uh, case and the Roe v. Wade case and the Supreme Court decisions thereof. You know, when I was setting up that uh, Matt Taibbi piece last hour, did you hear that? He's writing about this case where women inmates in a number of states who have been sexually assaulted, raped by... Do I express this the way I would express it or the way the uh, the prison authorities do? These women were raped by women with penises who weren't taking hormones. In other words, dudes. They're suing the prison system and uh and and the people advocating for them to protect the women are getting so horrifically harassed and defunded and everything else they can't even operate in public. It's crazy craziness well there's headline from the new york post 29 year old transgender woman beat a 13 year old girl to take home the top prize in a skateboarding contest in new york city reigniting the debate over whether new inclusivity pushes create an unfair advantage in women's sports well i'd say that's a rather restrained way to put it Oh, my gosh, just the, the, the way a tiny, tiny minority of activist crazy people can push around 
the sensible masses is just shocking. Anyway, I don't want to dwell on that too much. Um, yeah, okay, I hear you. Um, I got people talking in my ears. Or that could be the voices again. They're back. Anyway, so I came across this headline on CNBC, three easy ways to find hidden cameras in hotels and rental homes. And I thought, wait a minute, what? I rent hotel rooms. I rent rental homes, Airbnbs, and VRBOs all the time, and I've never really thought about it. Nearly 60% of Americans say they were worried about hidden cameras in Airbnb homes, last time somebody asked. And about 11%, not about, 11% of vacation home renters said they had discovered a hidden camera during a stay. Holy cow. I've never even looked, so I haven't discovered anything. But spy cameras are not a new problem. In South Korea, more than 30,000 cases of filming with hidden cameras were reported to the cops over a few-year period. Number of hidden spy camera reports have proliferated because of the increasing accessibility and inexpensiveness of such cameras. <clears throat> so, who knew? I, I don't know. Airbnb actually permits hidden cameras or cameras in the house, but you must inform your guests, and the cameras must not be placed in private spaces like bedrooms and bathrooms. Which takes all the fun out of it, huh? Yeah. When looking for hidden cameras, you should start with areas like bathrooms and bedrooms. That's uh, not supposed to happen. Almost all covert cameras are concealed in household devices, such as lights, thermostats, and plugged clock radios. Look and see if anything's out of the ordinary. Then inspect it closer. Uh, Most spy cameras are connected to an electrical source or electronic device. First thing this expert does is unplug the clock radios and put them in a drawer. Another guy who's part of a security consulting firm, he's the CEO, said he does exactly that as well. And he says, even well-hidden cameras will have a small amount of reflective glass from the lens. If you use a flashlight and shine them on something you think could possibly hide the camera, you'll see a reflection in there, which is a pretty good way of detecting if there's a camera. Then they show this painting of flowers that has a hidden camera in there. But it will glint off of your flashlight, if indeed you have one handy. Uh, It says, look at the Wi-Fi network. Hidden camera must be connected to a local Wi-Fi network in order to be viewed remotely. Wi-Fi scanning apps like Thing, with an F, can identify devices on the network that are cameras. Then they mention another app named that looks like Weigel or Wiggle to find devices that are broadcasting some sort of Bluetooth and Wi-Fi network name. If all else fails, spy camera detectors can scan for radio frequencies connected to hidden cameras. These can easily be bought online from websites like Amazon or AliExpress. I, I, I don't know if I want to go Sherlock Holmes every time I check into a place and search it out like I'm checking into a, a hotel suite in Russia and I think the KGB's on to me or something. God, if you want to look at me doing what I do, go ahead. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, got some absolutely fabulous uh, emails from folks about the recent Supreme Court uh, cases. Wanted to share with you. That's coming up next. If you can't stay tuned, grab Armstrong and Getty on demand. Later. Armstrong and Getty. BP added more than seventy billion dollars to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy. And starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. 
Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Did you know that when your tooth enamel is gone, it's gone forever? That's scary to think about. So up your daily regimen with Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair Toothpaste and new Pronamel Repair Mouthwash. They work great together, penetrating deep into the tooth surface and locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. With new Pronamel Repair Mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. So show your teeth some love with Pronamel, the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion. Buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Learn more at Pronamel.com. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Hey, Michael, hit us with clip number 39. I meant to ask for that. Mark Strassman on Face the Nation. From noisy crowds in New York to Los Angeles, where a country convulsed by the Supreme Court's Dobbs decision. This constitutional milestone caps a half-century crusade by conservative activists. A motto that my mom taught me in her ministry was, our job is not to make abortion illegal, it's to make it unthinkable. So the uh, recent overturning of Roe versus Wade uh, has caught the attention of many people. Perhaps you noticed over the weekend, and uh, a lot of the conversation is is inaccurate, ridiculous, uh, intended to incite people to go to the polls to contribute cash, whatever, a great deal of chanting, a fair amount of violence in uh, Portland, of course, but uh, political violence is allowed in Portland. Uh, Arizona, St. Louis, uh, the list goes on. Most of it fairly minor. Um vandalism that sort of thing uh but unfortunately as uh, whenever human beings get whipped up again a lot of it is misinformation disinformation and the truth is that this will all though will go through a a period of instability politically and legally for a while this will all shake out and it's entirely possible and this is what the justice has hoped it's entirely possible we'll come to a legislatively arrived at place everybody can live with in terms of abortion um that's certainly my hope it's not going to be easy but on that theme a couple of emails that i thought were worth uh, featuring for you you can email us mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com please do keep them short if you can uh, shortish anyway and uh, respectful, or I'll not read them. Anyway, uh, frequent correspondent JT uh, writes, uh, might Congress actually do their jobs on abortion? Now that SCOTUS has invalidated Roe, might the National Congress actually do its job and pass a law that the vast majority of Americans support? 
question mark, i.e. first-term abortion on demand, but no abortions after the first term except for medical emergencies. Um, that first term, how long it is, that'll have to be hashed out in the legislature. Probably it'll be 15 weeks or so, something like that, like it is in most of Europe. Did you know that? <gasps> You thought enlightened Europe was uh, abortion on demand until the kid's six years old? No, no, not even close. Not even close. So that uh, what JT describes, uh, to get back to his email, is pretty close to what the original Roe decision created, and it has the overwhelming support of the country as a whole and the majority of each party. And, by the way, uh, men and women in very similar numbers. The whole, if men could get pregnant, blah, blah, blah. No, no, men and women are pretty well agreed on the question of abortion. Anyway, back to the email. A national right to abortion also has some political justification from both sides. From the right, some states and GOP leaders might welcome the political cover of a national protection for first-term abortions, or I'm going to call them early abortions, while still rejecting the later abortions. As you guys pointed out, it was one thing to pass a no-abortions-at-all trigger when you didn't think Roe v. Wade would ever be overturned, but it's another thing to have your political future threatened when people realize that there are no abortions allowed in my state. Republicans can't usually run on promising a more lenient abortion policy, so a national law would give cover to the right. From the left, it would enshrine Roe legitimately, and the motivation would be that the left would get credit for finally, quote-unquote, doing something serious to protect abortion rights, uh, at least early abortions. It would bring the U.S. more in line with our more enlightened European brothers and sisters. That's in quotes, of course. And there would be political cover based on the will of majority, the international norm, and the fact that it would be the only way to preserve abortion in red, red conservative states. But if history is any guide, both sides will be happy to keep the issue as a fundraising issue rather than do what the majority of the country wants them to do. Republicans have almost zero interest in loosening abortion restrictions, and Dems have almost zero interest in if enshrining the wishes of the majority means that they lose a fundraising opportunity to bash Handmaid's Tale conservatives. Still, it would be entertaining to watch both sides try to spin away from a national uh, nation that supported overwhelmingly. I'm sorry. Oh, he left out a word. Uh, it'd be entertaining to watch both sides try to spin away from a national law that was supported overwhelmingly by the majority of the country. Yeah, I think the cynical view is probably going to end up being the correct one, although <clears throat> JT is right that there is cover if Congress acts. Um, the Senate could be a little more interesting just because there are fewer senators involved, and it would depend on which ones are up for reelection in the reddest of red states and when they're up. As we all know, a third of the Senate is up for election every two years, six-year terms, blah, blah, blah. Then I like this one. Uh, kind of ripped from the pages of real life. From, uh, am I allowed to use her name? Yeah, Kim. Guys, thanks for such a thoughtful discussion on Roe v. Wade, especially Friday with Tim Sandifer. If you missed that conversation, uh, grab it at Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Coming from a family of assertive women, this topic has come up a couple of times for me since the decision was leaked. The first note was with my niece, who's 20, basically had a crap childhood, but somehow turned herself into a smart, assertive young woman with more wisdom in certain areas than I see from the average 45-year-old. However, since her brain is not fully formed, she does take some of the crap spewed by her community college professors as gospel. So when I asked her what she thought about the leaked Roe v. Wade decision, she got pretty heated. I mostly listened until she made the statement that a lot of it is people who want to oppress women. And I was like, have you ever met anyone who, that wants to ban abortion specifically to oppress women? Her response was, no, but I believe they're out there. 
Oh, here we go. After doing my best uh, to hide my eye rolling, I responded with, look, I've been on this planet for almost 45 years now. I went to West Point at a time when it was only 10% women, then spent five years in the Army, followed by more than 15 years in the cybersecurity industry, which doesn't exactly have a high percentage of women either. I've also lived in all areas of the country except the Deep South, lived in Europe for three years, and in all of this time, I've yet to meet anyone who wanted to limit or ban abortion specifically because they wanted to oppress women. Now, I might jump in there with a bit of a devil's advocate. Well, maybe if you just look at women as lesser than, you don't think they should be able to make that decision. But, uh, again, it's a stress. Uh, a stress. I, honest to God, and I run in fairly conservative circles, uh, fairly, um, of all sorts of different people. Um, I never run into people who think women ought to be, quote-unquote, oppressed or lesser than or have fewer rights or different rights or anything other than you know they ought to be protected from you know terrible things men sometimes do to them but i again that's a i don't where are those guys i don't know where they hang out and if they do they're probably doofuses who have no political power anyway anyway back to uh, the email I told her, uh, look, definitive, uh, definitely listen to what your professors are saying, but please compare what they say about any topic to your own experience and, you know, reality, as opposed to taking it as gospel. A side note, if those loyalty oath signing community college professors turn into another reality-denying crazy person, uh, there'll be hell to pay. I'm not advocating violence, but I can be a real pain in the ass when I want to be, yes. And they'll probably wish I'd just punch them in the face. That's funny. Uh, and this evening, I talked to my younger sister, who is a practicing and badass attorney in Seattle. When the Roe v. Wade decision came by, she mentioned that she couldn't believe it, and all of the attorneys she knew felt the same way, which I was surprised to hear from her. Joe, like you, I almost went to law school, including taking the LSATs. And from what I recall learning about in college, like 100 years ago, everyone pretty much agreed that legally Roe v. Wade was questionable at best, no matter how they felt about abortion, which is true. When I mentioned this to her, she agreed, but she was upset about what it'll mean mean for women in this country, especially poor women. I agreed about the negative impacts in certain states, but I told her I don't want the Supreme Court writing laws when they're only supposed to interpret them. We went back and forth for a bit, and I brought up a number of things I learned listening to your show and reading other smart people like Tim Sandifer. My last statement on the topic was, well, since 90% of Americans want the same thing, reabortion, I would say it's definitely two-thirds. Anyway, but it, it's a lot of people. In states where it's banned, maybe voters will start electing more, quote, reasonable people because it actually does matter now. To which she responded, yeah, it really does need to co- be codified in law right away and maybe if the roe v wade decision had gone differently it already would have been by now yes so taking the w on that one i love that no touchdown dances now but that's the point the law the consensus of the people has to be based on the will of the people in this case, because abortion is very different from gay marriage, different from contraception. It's different than sodomy laws because the unborn child has interests that must be protected by the state. That's the belief of a large majority of humans. Now, when the unborn child deserves the full measure of that protection, that's the tricky part, and everybody knows it, Is it the moment of conception? There are good people who believe that is the case. Is it when the child, unborn child, achieves some sort of level of consciousness, feeling pain, uh, measurable heartbeat, uh, fully formed, uh, survivable outside the womb, that sort of thing? Different people, uh, good people, 
decent people have different standards, and that is the the tough part right there. But the vast majority of people in America believe that the unborn child deserves the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, though it has not yet emerged from the womb. If we can get our laws somewhere close to reflecting that balance that most people, though they struggle maybe with the specifics, feel in their heart we need to find. If we can find that balance, we'll be in a much, much, much better place than Roe v. Wade, the arbitrary, fairly poorly put-together decision, put us. Uh, In the meantime, though, these are the spicy times. And it's going to be a bit of a rough road to get to that, you know, dreamed of more stable place. I admit that freely. Make it spicy. That's right. And maybe pick yourself up a Welcome to the Spicy Times Armstrong and Getty t-shirt at armstrongandgetty.com. Crass commercialism there. I admit it. I'm a capitalist. So there. Ah, Okay. Enough of that. Um, More to come, including the bidding wars on rental properties. Plus, I think we're checking in with Jack in Arizona. Won't that be exciting? Have you ever heard anybody talking from Arizona? Yeah, there you go. Real treat. Anyway, a lot to come. A lot of good, different stuff. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Did you know that when your tooth enamel is gone, it's gone forever? That's scary to think about. So up your daily regimen with Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair Toothpaste and new Pronamel Repair Mouthwash. They work great together, penetrating deep into the tooth surface and locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. With new Pronamel Repair Mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. So show your teeth some love with Pronamel, the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion. Buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Learn more at Pronamel.com. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Looking forward next hour to talking to Congressman Tom McClintock about energy policy and global warming and the rest of it. But first, please welcome back to the show the co-host, 
Jack Armstrong traveling the highways and byways of Arizona, the we ain't got no water state. Jack, how are you? I'm at the Best Western in Apache Junction, where global warming has struck, apparently, as it is like 95 degrees at 9 o'clock in the morning. Sorry to hear that. Sell your parka, buy some shorts. So I got this cool rental car. There weren't many choices. As you know, the whole traveling thing is weird right now. But I got this Dodge Challenger that has super loud pipes on it. Listen to this. <laughs> you, don't, you don't get that in a rental car very often. And having a 10-year-old and 12-year-old boy travel with you, they think it's freaking awesome. So, Wow, that's fabulous. And I'm sure your fellow <laughs> guests appreciate the revving as well. <laughs> yeah, I just thought that. They're t- I'm trying to sleep. Why is there a NASCAR? You don't like it? Stay in a better place. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually one of the nicest, best Westerns I've ever been in in my life. Um, uh, didn't get a delayed flight or anything like that, so I was pretty excited about that last night. So that all went well. But uh, uh, what was I going to say? I don't remember. Oh, yeah, driving all day long. Going to see Grandma and Grandpa. Boys are going to get to see aunts and uncles and Grandma and Grandpa and stuff. So it's going to be nice. Looking forward That's to great. Fabulous. Um, so uh, I don't know what you've been talking about all morning long. I took in a podcast about the uh, politics of the whole abortion ruling that I thought was fascinating over the weekend mm-hmm. with some of my favorite conservative pundits. And I, I was really struck by, and these are some of the biggest names in you know writing about conservatism and that sort of stuff, but I was really struck by the fact that while all of them were hardcore, you know, they, they wanted Roe versus Wade overturned abortion as murder, they were also, all of them, pretty concerned that this is not a political win in any way for the Republican Party and that this could be difficult for years to come. I thought that was pretty, pretty, pretty interesting. It's a bit of a dog that catches the car situation in terms of something they've been uh, wanting to accomplish for many years. Oh, I agree completely. We've been talking about this a fair amount today. I had a chat with David Drucker early in the show uh, from the Washington Examiner, and he absolutely thought, yeah, the Democratic Party is going to fundraise like crazy and get people to the polls like crazy on this topic. And the process of working all this out legislatively, which is, I was saying last segment, I think is worth going through, and it'll get us to a better place. It's going to be pretty chaotic. Oh, boy. So the so the legislative part of it. So that that would be an attempt to nationally get to where like the polls are have been on this for a long time. Yeah, that's the idea. Yeah, and uh-huh. and there are obviously huge geographical contrasts. What people think in Oklahoma versus you know Massachusetts, for instance. But nationally speaking, it hashes out to pretty consistent numbers, as we've talked about many times. Um, and, yeah. and that would give cover to some of the red state congressmen or, or there would be enough other state congressmen and senators to vote for something reasonable and moderate that, that, you know, the, the super hardcore red staters and the super hardcore blue staters could shout and stamp their feet, but the law would go through anyway. Right. Interesting. Yeah. There's also, um, even among some people I know that are, uh, uh, you know, pretty smart. Um, reasonable people that uh, I guess their feeling is the Supreme Supreme Court should have found a way legally to make this work because it's what most people want. You know, you can't run a country like that. Laws are laws and they're either constitutional or they're not. Mm -hmm. But I was surprised by the number of like legal people who had a yeah, but that's just not, yeah, it's just not good for women. Okay, well, all right. Um, I don't know how you I don't know how you start running a country if you start going with 
you know, uh, finding a way to word laws to fit in with public opinion. But I found that interesting also. Yeah, the the Roberts middle way that nobody really signed on to saying, let's just say the Mississippi law is cool, but leave the rest of row alone and, and, and uh, somebody can deal with it in the future. I can't remember the specific phrase, but yeah. he practically said, let somebody else clean up the mess. Let's call it a tax. It's like what he did with Obamacare. You know, we got to make this work. Let's. Uh, how about if it was a tax? I mean, he he <laughs> he yeah, comes up with a way to craft law to fit what he thinks public opinion is, which is you know interesting on its own. Um, what other guests have you had on today? Uh, we talked to Gordon Chang about uh, China's coming economic problems and how that might lead to. Uh, kind of hot nationalism and, and Xi Jinping having to pick fights to, to fire up his people. Did you see the New York Times story on China that just uh, popped up a pretty thorough story about, you know, they're the leaders in the world and using AI and technology to spy on their people. And they've oh, got yeah. a program now to try to predict crime ahead of time. Yeah, yeah, I did. Re- I think I read part of that, but I, I tell you what, they know where everybody is all the time. The facial recognition stuff was what amazed me and how good it is and how there's a camera, you know, every 25 steps you take. And so it's constantly feeding these computers where you are and what you're doing. The whole world is going to get there. The whole world will get there one way or another. It'll be slower in countries like the United States, but it'll happen. And they've, wow, what a weird future that's going to be where everybody is 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 the the somebody knows whether private companies or the government or whatever somebody knows where you are all the time which is man talk about a radical change from not many years ago well wow. i was just going to say maybe it's going to be mark zuckerberg buying space on every lamp post in america and you know cash starved or cash wasting governments won't be able to turn them down and he'll put facial recognition cameras up everywhere so you know they can blast you a notice to your phone hey joe you're walking by a golf discount there so wheel in they got titleists for 10 percent off everywhere i go wow that is something you're out in the middle of nowhere and your phone dings there's a starbucks up here on your left you haven't had a you haven't we see that you haven't had a cup of coffee in two hours yeah no kidding that chip we put in your bladder, whoopsie, didn't mean to mention that. Says Wow, a chip in the bladder. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Know, I don't know if I'm signing up for that, but, you know, you'll have to tell me more about it. Man, don't put it in your coffee. You swallow it into your stomach. It'll swim over to your bladder via the, uh, the stomach bladder canal there, and uh, it'll root in there. That's how it happens. I, I realize everybody, I, I'm driving up to the mountains of Arizona where the it's going to be like 70 degrees today for the high where my parents live. But uh, and I know everybody who says this who lands in Phoenix in the summertime. But what the hell, people? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> it's not just hot. It feels like something has gone wrong. <laughs> yes, yes. There's a problem. Hey, we're down. I'm sorry. We're down to about 15 seconds or so. You going to check in a little more uh, this week? I shall. I All shall. Right, terrific. A lot. Thanks. Yes. Okay. Uh, next hour, talking energy policy. Congressman Tom McClintock and a whole lot more good stuff. Some more. Roe v. Wade follow-up, but new, different, and interesting, I promise you. If you can't stick around, grab the podcast, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. 
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's made with only six simple ingredients. Plus, Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day hassle-free trial. There are lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zen. Find your Zen online or in a store near you at zen.com find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical.